102.8 to 10 p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. Good day, Judge Albi. You will no longer be talking through your judgments now, but through memoirs. Thank you so much for that. Tell us about where this all comes from. Hello, is that SAFM? It is indeed, Judge. Yes, it comes from inside me, it comes from memory, it comes from being blown up, it comes from being in jail, it comes from being a white person in a black liberation struggle, it comes from my dreams, it comes from my fears, it comes from my exaltation and hopes. In other words, it comes from this very talkative guy uh, who's chatting to you on on SAFM. But how does it come to be uh, an audio book, which I call a voice book? Uh, and that's yes. had an interesting uh, start. We had a team from the wonderful, wonderful African American Museum in Washington D.C. helping us to place, establish yes. a museum, uh, museums and archives of the Constitution on Constitution Hill in Johannesburg. They loved our project, and we floated with them the idea of making a film together with them for the Smithsonian TV which was one of the great TV uh, producers in, in, in the world, they were very interested in the idea of how our Constitution was made and to get it from the voices of the people who made the Constitution while we're still alive. Uh, and so we recorded a number of us, uh, Belek and Betty was, was one of them, um, uh, Ruth Mayer was another, myself, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa, uh, and and Mac Maharaj, a fantastic talker, and so on, and and the stuff is there waiting with long slow processes to get films made. And Gordon Metz, the, the one of the producers, came up with the idea. He said, "Toby, you know, the voice, the voice track is terrific. You're a storyteller, like I'm telling stories now about telling stories, uh, and and oh, we yes. can make a marvelous audio book out of it." Uh, I was a little bit, uh, I don't know, uh, I just remember talking and talking and talking. And then they played some snatches to me. And I must say, it it did sound, you know, it's always funny hearing your own voice. Because the voice you hear in your head is different when you hear it uh, recorded. Mm -hmm. But it really sounded interesting. So it passed that first test. Was it interesting to me, the talker, and not kind of boring? Uh, And in any event... They were absolutely insistent that there's a beautiful story about a person, a lawyer, a freedom fighter, a writer, uh, somebody who who enjoyed producing books, who loved music, who loved running to the sea, uh, a Cape Townian who climbed the mountain, a romantic, a dreamer. These were the themes that they said came through in the course of transforming South Africa from an apartheid state, a repressive, ugly, racist apartheid state into a constitutional democracy with all the difficulties and problems and breakdowns that the process had. But they said, Albi, you tell it in a very, very personal way. We think it's going to be great on SAFM. There are many things about Albi Sachs that are great. I've got right in front of me right now. The Strange Alchemy of Life and Law. International Society of Barristers, from lawbreakers to lawmakers. My engagements with Nelson Mandela and Oliver Tambo. Some collections from Albi Sachs. I've also got Oliver Tambo's Dream. I also have We the People by Albi Sachs. 
all of this now, would these memoirs speak to trying to consolidate all of these thoughts, memories and experiences into this audio book or is it something completely different? You know, it's completely different in, in when you sit down to write, you tell a story in a certain way with certain themes and the language tends to be a little, little bit ponderous. When you're just chatting, when you're just talking, uh, it's a different voice. It's more intimate. It's more friendly. Uh, you're kind of reminiscing uh, and, and chatting. Uh, and that was the way I tried to convey the experience of growing up getting involved in the struggle, being in jail, tortured by sleep deprivation, going into exile, being blown up, losing an arm, helping to work with the Constitution, meeting marvelous people like, like Oliver Tumble, working closely with him, uh, Nelson Mandela, amongst the famous ones, the Ruthman Party, always so, so gracious and thoughtful, uh, and, and, and the people in the trade union movement and the workers' movement, uh, people from the gay and lesbian community, all the different personalities and streams that that sort of came our way or I came their way to sort of convey uh, in, in a way that may be a little more relaxed, a little more interesting than a book. You know, a book requires a certain kind of focus and attention. Uh, the radio, you switch it on, you might be driving, uh, you might be cooking, uh, you might even be uh, writing a book yourself, but you hear a voice in, in, in the background. Uh, so... Mm -hmm. That's really, I think, what, what the aim was. It, it's, uh, the aim was not to be a deeply thoughtful book in terms of thoughts, but a deeply experiential book that dealt with the experiences of thinking uh, at different times and reacting at different times uh, to, to the experiences. You know, I found at times I couldn't believe my own life. Uh, when I sit here talking to you, I feel I'm a fairly ordinary kind of a person. Uh, and I sat on the court, very composed like a judge and so on. And I said, wow, this happened to me, that happened to me. It, it's kind of, I'm a little bit mm -hmm. astonished. But of course, it didn't happen on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It happened over years <laughs> in different contexts. But the story comes through, I think it's on Monday to Thursday, uh, the stories of my memories now of what it was like growing up, uh, going to university, becoming involved in the struggle and so on, how I experienced those things, how I felt about it. Uh, and, and it's been an absolute joy for me to, to make these recordings. Uh, and I just hope it's, it's of some interest uh, to, to your listeners. It surely shall be of interest to the listeners. And for those who are listening and wondering who this marvelous storyteller is, it's Mr. Justice L.B. Sachs, former Justice of the Constitutional Court. He is now retired. He is an author. He is a struggle veteran. And of course, at heart, he is somebody all for social justice. Look at his judgments on the number of years he was at the Constitutional Court between 94 and 2009. And you'll get a sense this in the truest sense was a man of the people talking about the things that would have happened to you as profound as they were. Here's a teaser that I surely wish for you to engage. You're in Maputo. It's a hot, sunny day. You're off to the beach. You start your car. The next time you are conscious, you are in a hospital bed with bandages all over you, having lost the sight of one eye and an arm because of a man called Henry.
Justice Sachs, are you there? Hello. Yes, I'm here, Judge. Can you hear me? Did you get the I question? I can hear you, yes. Sure. You wish to contribute in my question to you? Uh, sorry, so I didn't get the question. I just heard the, the statement. You were saying, what was it What was it like? No, so well, the question was, of the many things and the events that would have happened to you in your life, not because it was a Monday to Saturday, but of the events that were probably seminal in the making of the judge that you ultimately became, on a particular day, you're off yes, to the beach. Yes, okay. You start Sorry, your I, car. I missed that. Um, you know, it was an extraordinary experience for me, and, and it enabled me to live again. That that moment, every freedom fighting's waiting for, will they come for me? Would I be brave? Every day, every day, Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday, through your life, you're living with that dread. And would I be brave? And they'd come for me and they tried to kill me and I had survived. I felt fantastic. And that was the 7th of April, 1988. And I still feel fantastic. Whatever the date is now with COVID, I'm not so good with dates anymore. In October uh, 2020. Uh, so in that sense, it was an extraordinary day for me. Not the worst day in my life. The worst day with sleep deprivation collapsing on the floor. I've had some personal sadness in my yeah. life. But the most uh, extraordinary day was being blown up, surviving, losing an arm, sight of an eye, and feeling triumphant and joyous afterwards. As I got better, I felt my country would get better. Let's talk about that, because in the context of getting better, there were some hard truths that had to be told. The TRC was one of those instances where it was about, if you like, peeling the scabs for the purposes of healing. And in your case, specifically in your chambers at the Constitutional Court, the guy who was acting on behalf of the security forces of the time, Henry, he came knocking on your door, the encounter. Yes, you know, that, that, that was a huge moment. Uh, a man called Henry had phoned me, and, and he said he's going to the TRC, uh, and, and I, I knew or I understood that he'd organized the bomb in my car. Could he see me before he went there? And, and I remember opening the security door and seeing, who's this guy? He's staring at me. Uh, like, is this the man I tried to kill? And I'm thinking, is this the man who tried to kill me? We didn't know each other. But he was on that side, I was on this side. Uh, any event, we, we went to my chambers, he's striding like a soldier, and I tried to slow him down, walking like a judge, you know, the judge's ambulation. <laughs> we talked, we talked, we talked, we talked, we talked, and he told me about how good he'd been at school, and with pride, how I'd risen through the military to get high rank. He's telling me he became a great hit squad member. In any event, it was kind of naive and, and honest and direct. And then he said he was going to the Truth Commission. Uh, and uh, in the end, I said, and he told me all about the bomb in my car and the day in Maputo. And he dropped out of the picture for a while. Um, and I felt what he was saying was the truth. He didn't ask me to say I forgive him. I didn't forgive him uh, because that wasn't what was required it wasn't for me to forgive him. It was for the Truth Commission to hear him and grant him amnesty. And I didn't oppose the amnesty. He had the courage, the guts, if you like, to come and see me. And he was doing something for South Africa. He was going to tell the truth. He was South Africanizing himself. Uh, and, and that person, that implacable enemy, that kind of evil force in the background called the enemy, 
Now became this guy Henry, a bit younger than me, uh, my height, another human being, uh, and and I believe he's made his contribution uh, with helping develop the the security, certain aspects of security in South Africa. He's not my friend. I don't have a drink with him. But if he sat down next to me in a bus, I'd say, oh, Henry, how are you getting on? We're living in the same country now. Uh, And I was glad he came to see me. And I was glad that he got amnesty because he had the courage to own up to what he had done. Justice Albie Sachs. I'll be sex memoir, a quest for justice, coming soon on your airwaves only on SAFM. We continue the conversation then with retired constitutional court justice and freedom fighter in Judge I'll be sex. Many might know him, even jokingly, colloquially, or even politically, as the judge with one arm. His voice returns after this break. The viewpoint, eight to ten p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. I'll be sex memoirs, a quest for justice. Judge, I'll be please listen to this voice note. I understand this is something you know very well that happened earlier on today. I told Judge Sachs that his book reading will be on from Monday at half past nine. And it's going to be on for about three to five months, depending on how many episodes are recorded. And I also invited him to tune in every Monday to Thursday from 8 p.m. And that should be his wind down time. And he drinks his tea and waits for half past nine. And he laughed and he said, okay, I can do that. Provided you will uh, take care of the tea. And I'm not sure if you can give me something like virtual tea or something. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Judge, your response to that, because that's one of our producers who was talking to you earlier on today. She kind of like slipped it in that this is the conversation that was between the two of you. You know, it was. And can I tell you something that uh, I love the way uh, SABC is evolving. Uh, people are. are very professional, but uh, human and, and light and, and friendly. Uh, and and uh, I really love the way she posed the questions to me. Uh, and she actually said, when you have a cup of tea, and then you can listen from 8 o'clock. So I said, fine, on condition you make the tea. Uh, it was just like joking, you know, we're all doing everything online these days. Uh, and mm-hmm. and uh, it, it was kind of a laugh at her, a laugh at myself. Uh, but I did enjoy the very friendly way in which uh, she spoke. Uh, and, of course, she's giving you a bit of a promo. Excellent. Well, that is the producer of the show. She, incidentally, is in Cape Town right now. So if she does call you again, it's probably because she wants to bring you the tea. Let's say, enjoy your time. She's on leave. She's with her friend. It's Paul in Cape Town. Quite, quite something. Judge, let's talk about the fact that now that the cat is out of the bag, these memoirs will be flighted on this show starting from Monday. Why do you think it should be important, particularly for the young South Africans, to engage the stories that are going to come through from the LB Sex memoirs, given the fact that so many voices and experiences that are critical to the development of our constitutional democracy 26 years in will be flighted and featured in the course of these memoirs? You know, one, one of the pleasures of, of getting old is to be involved in 
what's in South Africa called intergenerational uh, activities. And the older I get, the more intergenerational I become. Uh, and I'm finding there's a terrific crowd of young people are so curious and so interested. Uh, and I don't think people like me and the late Dennis Goldberg and late Andrew and so on, I don't think we, we fit exactly what they imagine a veteran to be like serious and solemn and full of wisdom and won't the young people listen and so on. Uh, and they discover that, you know, we are as, as irreverent and, and, if you like, cheeky and spirited and energetic as they are, but just with different experiences. Uh, and for me, it's, it's an absolute joy to communicate something of what it was like uh, it doesn't do away with the history books and the films and the serious study and so on, but it, it can convey in, in a very direct and human way something of what it was like living in those times uh, when apartheid ruled, uh, when people were seen thought to be crazy to imagine that there could be full equality, that there could be a black-led government in this country, that there could be a single South Africa. We were the dreamers. We, we were the crazies. It seemed, seemed like that, but we never, never, never let go. And the other thing is it was so damn interesting, learning things all the time about my own country, about the people with whom I was, by whom I was surrounded in my country, living different lives. Politically, I knew the system was undressed, but I didn't know. Well, I did know. And one of the persons who figures very early on is my uncle Moses. It was Moses Kutani because my mother was his typist and he was the general secretary of the Communist Party. And she would say, tidy up, tidy up to little picky Albie, age four. Uncle Moses is coming. And for me, that was kind of natural that my mother would want to tidy up because an important person was coming and, and uh, my toys and my little brother's toys shouldn't be lying all over the place. So it's, it's to kind of convey those little details like that that explain so much about the dreamers, uh, people who dreamt of a just South Africa from a very, very early age. Uh, and, and it's a pleasure to, to record it all. And I suppose we all have our vanity streaks of vanity. Um, I think everybody's life is important. And I'm just telling the life that I happen to know, which is my own one, uh, in a way that, that I hope would have some intriguing quality, some fascination, some points of interest uh, for others. And just to tell it uh, openly and honestly, uh, with the emotions that went along, with lots of humor, it was lots of fun with the dread, uh, with the anxiety, the pressures that we felt, to humanize, if you like, what was really a rather wonderful struggle, the South African struggle for freedom here, for all our problems today, for all the disappointments, for all the freedom fighters who ended up crooks uh, and venal and, 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 and disrespecting the struggle that they were in, for all of that, it was a great struggle. South Africans should all be proud. Uh, and I'm just weaving one little thread from one particular person and hope that many, many more people, their threads will also come in to give mm -hmm. the new generation a kind of, a bit of sense of who we were, what our values were, what spirit kept us going all the time, how we solved problems, how we came together, uh, how we linked up in all different parts of the world 
in 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 in, in Lusaka, uh, in London, uh, in the underground in Cape Town, in totally different sections uh, sectors. Uh, meetings with people like Chris Harney. Everybody's fascinated by Chris Harney. He was very dear, very, very close to me. I helped him escape uh, violating the only time I violated my, my lawyer's duties. But I did it in spades then. I helped my client to escape from going to prison and to get out of the country to carry on the freedom struggle. So I think these stories are of interest. They need to be told. Uh, and if they encourage people to be as brave as we were, but in a different way, as thoughtful as we were, but thinking the own thoughts, not repeating our thoughts, to be as funny and sharp and quick and humorous, uh, to love music and, 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 and dance and movement uh, and sound in the way that we did, then that, that can only be good. It can only be good. Excellent. Judge, thank you so much for your time. I have to leave it there. It is nine o'clock. It is time for news. Indeed, the stories, Albi Sachs' memoir, A Quest for Justice. It is of interest. It needs to be told, and it shall be told. It's time for news. Good evening, Greg.